Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio. It means Biz Ken Wentworth. And this week, we are talking about something that has really come to the forefront. It's been there for a while, but it really has come to the forefront, especially during the pandemic. And that is the way of e-commerce. A lot of businesses have gone from, you know, they were brick and mortar and during pandemic quickly had to, if they didn't have an online store already, had to shift and pivot. I hate using that word, so overused, but pivot, change, whatever you want to say, into the onto the e-commerce platform, right? When things were shut down and if you had a brick and mortar, you're not getting foot traffic, et cetera. You got to really shift in, into things. And so it really came to the forefront. Again, it's always been there. It's been there for a long time, but it really shifted that. And I think well, what I've seen anecdotally is a lot of businesses in that regard have said, oh, you know what? This e-commerce platform is actually pretty freaking cool when you get it nailed down. And so that's what we're going to talk about this week on how to build that successful e-commerce platform. And of course, we have an absolute guru, stud expert this week to talk to us about it. And that is uh, Leslie Hensel. She's the co-founder and partner with Riverbend Consulting. She's got 60 plus employees who solve critical problems and offer effective growth strategies for sellers on Amazon and other e-commerce platforms. She has personally helped thousands of third-party sellers get their suspended Amazon accounts and ASINs back up and running. She leverages two decades as a small business consultant and as an, an Amazon seller herself to solve the underlying business issues that small e-commerce businesses face. Leslie, welcome to Miss Biz Radio. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we've we've talked about e-commerce on the show um, over the years, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a handful of times, but especially because it's like, as I mentioned, it's come to the forefront so much um, in the last couple, two, three years. Uh, with the pandemic and things shifting. Um, so I definitely want to, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some of your tips on how to do that and set those things up, some of the do's and don'ts and, and whatnot. But before we get into all that, why don't you, if you would, walk us through a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey. How did you come to Riverbend Consulting doing what you do now? So I am the classic story of someone who got their start on Amazon for personal reasons. And you will hear this from so many entrepreneurs who are on Amazon as sellers. So back in 2010, I had two boys and one of them was diagnosed with autism and other special needs. And at the time I was a small business consultant. I had been a marketing and operations consultant for many years and done that consulting kind of, you know, on the side at home, working part to full time and taking care of my kiddos, having a great time doing that. And I realized once my kid had his diagnosis, there was just no possible way I could do all the therapy and all the things we needed to do and have these client relationships I had to nurture. And a friend of mine told me about selling on Amazon. And I thought, that sounds pretty cool. I can do that anytime, day or night. And yeah. that's exactly what I did. I actually homeschooled a kid for three years did ridiculous amounts of therapy with him. And then when my husband would come home from work, I'd work on my Amazon store at night on the weekends. I would source product. And, you know, it's funny because out there in the community in the Amazon community, you find so many families that have these stories where necessity was the mother of invention. You're like, what am I going to do in this bad situation? I need a side gig, a different income, a different lifestyle. 
and they turned to Amazon to sell. So after a few years, got the kiddo back in school, he's doing really well. And I'm trying to figure out what do I do now? Uh, do I want to go back to the old consulting I was doing? I started going to these Amazon conferences, meeting other sellers, and some of them had been suspended from Amazon, had their accounts taken down, their key products taken down, and they needed help to write the plans of action and to change their business so they could get back up on Amazon. I thought, okay, that's operational consulting. Some of it's marketing. That's the same things I used to do with traditional business. So let's do that on Amazon. So I started writing plans of action, appeals. Five years ago, my partner, Joe Zalta, and I started Riverbend. And now we have a giant team, including a lot of ex-Amazon employees, and spend our time every day helping people who are having challenges on the platform. Interesting. So, you know, what? one of the things I really uh, love what you just said is you kind of mixed, right? So you had to, you had to, you know, make a change based on some personal things and all that, but then you come full circle and you're like, Hey, I used to do this. Let me pull this into this as well. And really, you know, create a, a, a even a broader offering to be able to help people, not just, Hey, here's just this piece on Amazon, for example, but man, I can bring all this other stuff into it as well to have a, a bit, bigger suite of things to offer people. And I'm so glad I did because then e-commerce, as you said, it was already taking off prior, but then especially during COVID. And there are a lot of people who have had brick and mortar stores and decided to sell online. They really needed some operational help and guidance. And Amazon especially is a universe unto itself. There is this huge set of domain knowledge you have to have to sell there. It's not really like eBay, where you're just tossing a product up and it's your own listing and everything usually goes really well. Um, Amazon has really strict rules on a lot of them. So it was a great time to, to make that shift into, or your favorite word, pivot into e-commerce and, um, and be in this exciting space. It's, it's been a really great place to be. Well, it's interesting too, is I know um, during the pandemic and shortly thereafter, you know, uh, uh, Bezos and Amazon and, and uh, the like took a lot of heat of, oh my gosh, during, you know, because so many people were shifted to Amazon to buy groceries, to buy all sorts of things, right? So his net worth went, you know, through the roof and he gained this month. And I looked at it the other way. I mean, I guess I, I took a little bit of a, a, a different approach in my thought process of instead of sort of hating on Jeff Bezos and, and, and Amazon for growing their business, I'm looking at it and saying, what a lot of people who are short-sighted don't realize is Amazon provide a platform that may have helped a lot of businesses actually stay in business and, or at least bring some revenue. And if you had a brick and mortar, you didn't have your own online store before that gives you a platform to be able to, and maybe it helped you keep your doors open. During the pandemic, 65% of the products sold on amazon.com came from marketplace sellers. Those are anywhere from people selling out of their basement to mom and pop businesses, to brand owners, to giant companies. So only a third of the products are actually amazon.com. And I will tell anyone who will listen to me that Amazon is the best small business incubator in the history of the world. There is no other place that you can take $5,000, launch a private label product, test it and see if it works. How else could you possibly get a product before the masses and test it and see if you have something viable and do it over and over again till you have a line of products. And that's exactly what thousands of sellers do on Amazon every single year. Yeah, no, I'm thinking, you know, the brick and mortar businesses that were able to shift to that 
as well as, you know, maybe someone, individuals that lost their jobs or at least were laid off temporarily or something like that, that needed to bring in some money that, you know, turned to Amazon to be able to sell things. And again, continue to have some revenue coming in the door. Absolutely true. We had clients during the pandemic that were specialty stores that were in states where they had to close their doors and they went online and that was how they made it through without having to lay off their entire workforce and being able to keep the doors open. And now they have both options. Now they're on Amazon. Some are also on eBay and other platforms and they have their stores back. Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it definitely helped a lot of people that I think a lot of people were short-sighted you know, again, kind of hating on Bezos and Amazon and things like that of, of taking a short-sighted view of that. But again, we're talking this week with this week with Leslie Hensel. She is the uh, co-founder and partner with Riverbend Consulting. We're going to hit a break here. We're going to come back. We'll get the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. We're going to find out a little bit more about what she does with Riverbend Consulting, how she can help us create that optimal e-commerce platform. If you would like to reach hundreds of thousands of business owners every week, Mr. Biz Radio can help. Our show airs globally seven days a week for more than 25 hours across several internet radio stations plus 20 plus podcast platforms. Also, video exposure on the new exclusive Mr. Biz Network streaming channel, which gets blasted to 100 plus streaming platforms and the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and our 350,000 social media followers multiple times every week. Join Mr. Biz Nation as an advertiser by emailing us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. Got a question for Mr. Biz you want answered on air? Email it to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. It is time, as always, to talk to the second segment for the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And this week, actually, is a the tip is a quote from someone that uh, I admire a lot. His name is Jesse Itzler. Um, he actually was, uh, he's married to Sarah Blakely, who actually was the founder of Spanx, if you're familiar with that. Um, he's an amazing guy. Oh my gosh, he's, he's hilarious. He's just a real guy. He's a phenomenal speaker as well. But one of the things that he talks about all the time, and I absolutely love it, and the quote and the tip this week is, don't negotiate your goals. Sounds really simple. And essentially what he means by that is, once you set a goal, there's no negotiation. It, 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 the goal is the goal. You commit at that point to accomplishing the goal. You do what it takes. Even if you have to extend the timeline, you're going to have challenges. Don't negotiate them. Oh, well, I said I was going to do, I said I was going to run six miles today, but ah, oh, man, I'm feeling really tired. I'm going to run four. No, you committed to six, you do six. If you got to run four and walk two, you do it. But you, you sit, stick to the goal. You don't negotiate it. Don't allow your, your mind to play with you, yourself in, in, as far as negotiating that and scaling things down. So that is a tip this week. Uh, from Mr. Jesse Itzler. All right, so I should I should have mentioned you can find out more of what Leslie's doing and how she does and everything. We're going to talk about that right now, but you can, uh, on her website riverbendconsulting.com. That's riverbendconsulting.com. So Leslie, tell us a little bit about what you do. Let's say um, let's say I, I already have I'm already selling on Amazon, but I'm just really not getting things aren't taking off for me. It's just not working that well. 
and I come to Riverbend Consulting, I say, Leslie, what do you got? So there are a few different things. So a lot of our clients actually come to us because they're in trouble. Uh, Amazon has a large risk enforcement department. They're enormous. And they are looking for anything that compromises Amazon or hurts their customers. And so it sounds like to most people, oh, well, that's bad guys. No, a lot of really good sellers get caught up in that net, even if they haven't done anything terrible. It might just be product quality issues or complaints. So we help people when they've been thrown off of Amazon or their products have been taken down. For sellers who are just struggling because they aren't seeing the traffic they want or the results they want, we help with things like listing optimization. That essentially means getting people to look at your product listing and say, I'm excited about this product. I'm going to buy it because we have great keywords or photography. And also we do product videos for that. And then for entrepreneurs who don't want to manage the day-to-day struggles in their account, we have account support. So that means we'll answer your customer service messages. Or did you know, fun fact, if you're a seller on Amazon and you send your stuff to the FBA warehouse, meaning Amazon fulfills the orders for you, they will lose, damage, uh, misplace your inventory, and then they don't reimburse you automatically. They say they do. And they reimburse you for a little bit automatically. We get all the rest of that money back. It can be thousands of dollars. So just a wide range of services for people on Amazon. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about FBA. So I've heard, and that's fulfillment by Amazon, as FBA stands for. So I've heard a lot of things about that. I hear some people that are like, oh my gosh, I would never do it. Maybe because of, they've had some of the challenges you just mentioned. And then I've heard other people say, oh my gosh, that is the only way to go. Where, where do you kind of side with that? So I think FBA is a fantastic service from Amazon, but you really have to budget it in and understand the cost structure. It does cost you, it's expensive, but so is using a 3PL. So if you have a company that fulfills your products for you, that would be a 3PL. The great thing about Amazon is it you ship it and then you don't touch the products again. A lot of people have their manufacturer shipped directly to the Amazon warehouse so they're never actually touching the products at all. That is a huge uh, time savings, money savings, operational efficiency, and you're really focusing on the things you need to do to move product or develop product instead of being a fulfillment warehouse. Not very many of us have that as one of our key areas we're gonna really make a difference and make money, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. So. Um... I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about, so obviously there's been supply chain issues that have happened over the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's shipping challenges, logistical issues, and it sounds like we're potentially be going to be facing a, a rail, uh, uh, the railroad folks are maybe going to strike. What are some ways that we can work around those, or you've been able to find a work around those things or, or mitigate them as much as possible? So a lot of the sellers that I've worked with, um, many of them are looking for contract manufacturers closer to home. So if they're the brand owner, they're private label, they're really looking for people in the United States or in Mexico um, for manufacturing. There's a lot of price competitive manufacturers in Mexico where if you look at the transportation costs and the differential in delivery time, uh, it's costing you the same as if you're sourcing from China uh, or Taiwan in many cases, uh, especially when there's those port delays where you're paying for the stuff just sitting out in the harbor, right? And you can't control that. 
So that's one thing that folks are doing. And honestly, right now, I've got a lot of sellers I work with who are stuck with last year's Christmas inventory because it did not hit port and go into the warehouse until January or February. So a lot of them are very worried right now because they've got to move that product this year. They have no choice. And at the same time, they're trying to buy this year's product and decide how much of it to buy. Um, there's going to be some real bargains on Amazon and for second Prime Day coming up in October and then for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, just because people have inventory from literally a year ago that they didn't even have an opportunity to sell last time around. Yeah, it's been crazy. That 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 impact. I remember hearing, um, was it last year? I guess it was last year, um, back middle of the year, that Walmart had begun securing port spots and containers. They had foreseen like, holy crap, we, we're going to need a whole bunch of stuff, right, for Christmas and the, the holiday season, et cetera. And they were out in front of that um, to, to the extent that they could. But they had to deep pockets. They can do that. Uh, you know, if you're you're a seller on Amazon, you know, doing ten thousand a month or something, you don't don't necessarily have the, the the capital to be able to pull that off. Exactly. And the one the people who did have some money, um, a little bit larger brands, a lot of them had really complex, difficult strategies. Like they were landing stuff in Port of L.A., but then they were sending some of it around to Port of Houston or South Carolina, and then doing uh, putting it on a, a train. Um, that was, so you do both the things and hope that something hits in time so you can sell it for Christmas. It got really complex and very difficult and expensive. Overland is expensive, but not as expensive as the cost of money and not selling anything. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a client, um, that's in the manufacturing space and they get a lot of material from overseas. And at one point last year, we had $2.2 million sitting on the water, as we call it. Um, excuse me, at a port, just it, it's, it's at the port, but it's sitting, you know, offshore waiting to come in. Um, it had gotten that far backed up and we were doing the same things you had mentioned, Leslie is, you know, okay, well, can we ship to Houston and rail it from Houston to St. Louis and then truck it from St. Louis to Columbus, right. As an example, um, trying to find out, you know, but it was expensive and even the containers. So in that particular business, the cost to ship a container it was anywhere between eight and 10 times as expensive from the year prior. It was absolutely insane, uh, the difference. And again, the, the logistical hoops you have to jump through. But in, it, it's a competitive advantage, even though it's more expensive, if you at least have the product, because a lot of your competitors might not have them. So interesting stuff. Again, we're talking this week with Leslie Hensel. She is the uh, co-founder and partner with Riverbend Consulting. You can find out more at riverbendconsulting.com. We're going to hit the break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Leslie about how to optimize that, how to set up e-commerce on whatever platform you might have. What are some things we need to do and maybe some things that maybe we got to make sure that we don't do to be successful? How would you like to have direct access to Mr. Biz to help you run your business more profitably and more efficiently? At MrBizSolutions.com, you get live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also several of his hand-picked and trusted business experts, each with 20-plus years of experience to help you optimally manage and grow your business. That's just the start of where Mr. Biz Solutions begins. Learn more at MrBizSolutions.com. That's MrBizSolutions.com. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. 
Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how CheckOffYourList's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact CheckOffYourList at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Check out all three of Mr. Biz's best-selling books at MrBizBooks.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. Sorry about that. I had a little cough, a uh, little, little cough break there. Try to cover the microphone. But um, so, Leslie, I want to, I want to, I'm very curious and anxious to pick your brain a little bit on, I know there's, there's so many different ways to do this, but what are some of the things that are absolutely critical in setting yourself up for success in the e-commerce world? What are some things that we really need to focus on making sure that we accomplish? So I'm going to start with uh, the most unpopular and unpleasant thing and get it out of the way. And then we can move to happier things. So (laughs) the most unpleasant is the cost of ads online on platforms like Amazon, eBay, anywhere. If you're buying PPC, anything you're doing to boost, the cost of those ads has skyrocketed over the last two years. There's a lot more competition And it's just how it's going to be for a while. So whatever you think you need for an advertising budget, you need to triple it. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're small or if you're big, you need to plan on spending. When you launch products on Amazon and on other platforms, you get a honeymoon period. And it's 30 days or 60 days, depending on who you believe. And during that honeymoon period, anything positive about your listing is multiplied by say 10. So if usually you got 10 sales a day and it kept you at a certain ranking, bestseller rank for your product category, during the honeymoon period, it's like so much more. It's treated like it's all glorious and beautiful, you know, just like a honeymoon. So (laughs) what's really important is that you start with the PPC ads immediately and it's expensive, but you wanna spend them while you're on that honeymoon. So I think a lot of people, have this perception that selling online is kind of like, if you build it, they will come. It's not like that anymore. Just putting a great product out there doesn't make you win. You're gonna have to push it. And PPC ads are one of the best ways to do that. I like it, yeah. I'm curious to see what's gonna happen with that because in Amazon's probably different, but I'm, <clears throat> I was thinking more along the lines of even like on Facebook. I, I anticipate that Facebook ads will actually get cheaper um, in the short term. And the reason I think that is just simple supply and demand. You've got a lot of companies as they're heading into a recession are going to pull back on their advertising spend, which means less competition in that marketplace. Now, Amazon's probably could be completely the opposite of it though, right? Because you may have, again, like we talked about during the pandemic, more people flooding on to the Amazon platform, more individuals, if they lose their job, et cetera, flooding on, becoming sellers on there. So it may be exactly the opposite. It may even increase uh, further. Well, and that actually brings me to my next suggested strategy, which is on choosing the right products to sell. Um, Now, during this economic time right now, we all know that people are focusing on necessities. They're not buying high-end, expensive items that they don't need. The piece of jewelry they didn't need, the higher-end clothing, the fancier makeup. However, that doesn't mean people still don't want specialty goods or even need specialty goods. I'll give you an example. When I had my special needs kiddo at home, there are so many like little handwriting trainers and gross skills, gross motor skills trainers, all these kinds of products. They're specialty goods that only 10 people in your neighborhood might use, but there's tens of thousands of people in the United States who will buy them. 
Specialty Goods is a great place to get your start on any online platform because there is less competition and there are not massive players typically selling these goods. It's other small mom and pops that you can compete against. Also, the ad spend on these products is cheaper and you can use these crazy long tail keywords because specialty goods people put in really long search terms like handwriting trainer trainer for kid age 8 to 10 they don't just say handwriting and the longer the keyword the cheaper it is for ppc so it all kind of works together you find a specialty good that has less competition and the ppc ads are going to be cheaper especially for a long tail it's a great way to break in and try and turn a profit with that first product I like it. That's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, what are some other things? So uh, I'm actually maybe maybe shift it up a little bit. <clears throat> Is there anything? What's the biggest thing that you see that people make a mistake? They get out there and they start selling and they they don't do this or they do this, which is completely detrimental. So people do not look at the metrics in their account and they don't pay attention to product quality. They don't look at things like return rates. And here's the thing, if you have a high return rate, which means, okay, high return rate to me is anything over 2%, unless you're selling clothes or shoes, those are different. Uh, but if you've got something that's being returned 10, 15% of the time, you are losing money on that product because you eat all the fees, plus they claw back the money the person paid, right? And you're paying for delivery and all these other things you're very quickly losing money. There are sellers out there on all platforms that are selling new products that do not pay attention to return rates or comments. They think every buyer is out to get them and they don't believe it when someone says this broke or the seal was broken or it was the wrong color. You've really got to believe that data and then act on it and improve the products because if you don't, you'll find yourself in the red really fast. I bet. Yeah, I bet. I, I can see that easily. I, I literally bought something off Amazon, again, probably two to three years ago. I got it and I the first time I used it, it, it didn't function correctly. I reached out to the seller and I'm like, hey, this, you know, this isn't working right. You know, is there a fix? Is there something I need to do? Trying to resolve it without returning it and everything. And they said, we're a small mom and pop place. We really can't afford to take returns and everything. So sorry. I was like, what? What the heck is that? And I didn't, I didn't, you know, give them a bad review or whatever because I'm like, ah, I kind of felt bad about it, and I ended up figuring out a workaround with it myself. But, um, but yeah, that experience was like kind of left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. Is like that's kind of bad customer service. Um, so I guess let me ask another question. Um, in your opinion, so let's say I'm out there and I'm listening right now. I'm watching the show, and I say, you know, I've been thinking about doing this. Um, you know, what would you say is like the minimum? for someone to be able to start, right? I don't have anything out there. I want to start. I want to start selling on Amazon. What would you say is like, you need to have at least X, right? Especially like you said, being able to hit paid ads during the honeymoon period, things, some of the things you mentioned before, what's sort of the minimum you would suggest for someone to start? A lot of people can start out by sourcing products just from wholesalers and distributors or direct from a small brand in your town that is not on Amazon. Go to a business park visit stores or, or sorry, companies in that business park that manufacture their own products that are not on Amazon, get exclusives from them. You can get started for less than $5,000 and you can ramp up very, very quickly if you're just careful about the types of products that you source and that you give great customer service. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, you can find out more about what Leslie does and how she helps and all the different things and the army of people that she has, including, as she mentioned, some former Amazon employees at riverbendconsulting.com. That's riverbendconsulting.com. Um, we're running out of time here, Leslie, but what's like one more thing that you want to leave us with that you're like, man, you got to make sure you do this. So if you're trying to be an online entrepreneur and doing other things as well, outsource whatever you can. Find a virtual assistant. They are inexpensive, worth every penny, and will keep you from losing your mind or giving up. I, the, the losing your mind part for sure. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I tell people all the time when they say, um, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I can't afford a virtual assistant. I'm like, no, you probably can't afford not to have one because you're probably bogging yourself down not doing, I call them RPAs, revenue producing activities for your business. You get bogged down and you get away from those. And it's funny, you talk about losing your mind. The, the practical advice I give someone when they say, I don't know what to delegate to my VA. I say, be very conscious and self-aware. And for one week, any task that you have to complete that makes you sigh or roll your eyes, delegate it. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> there are so because many too. Yeah. Yeah. If you keep track of that, I know for myself, it's a lot. Uh, and my, my VA helps me a ton. Oh my gosh. Um, and he, and he does them way better than I would probably do them anyway. So, um, well, Leslie, look, we're, we're out of time here, but I really appreciate you coming on. You shared some absolute gold nuggets. I'm sure everyone will, will love taking, uh, taking notes on the tips and everything. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Leslie Hensel, riverbendconsulting.com. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. As always, uh, have a great week. And don't forget, cash flow is king. To become part of Mr. Biz Nation, follow him on all social media platforms or never miss a show by going to mrbizradio.com. If you prefer free video content, visit the Mr. Biz YouTube channel or check out his streaming channel, which is available on 100 plus streaming platforms at mrbiznetwork.com.